I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome back to This Day in History class, a show that clears the air about murky moments in history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're talking about the last gasp of cigarette advertising on American TV and radio. The day was January 2nd, 1971. Beginning at midnight, cigarette companies could no longer advertise their products on American television or radio. The nationwide ban was enacted by the Public Health Cigarette Smoking Act, a congressional bill that sought to discourage Americans from using tobacco. President Richard Nixon signed the legislation on April 1, 1970, and it went into effect on January 2nd the following year. The new law was a major shakeup, not only for the tobacco industry, but for the TV and radio stations that had long relied on its advertising dollars. In the case of television, cigarette companies were among the first to invest heavily in the new medium, and not just in commercials either. From 1949 to 1956, Camel Cigarettes sponsored one of the country's first regularly scheduled news broadcasts. NBC's Camel News Caravan. That 15-minute show was hosted by newscaster John Cameron Swayze, who always sat at a desk with an ashtray at his side and the Camel logo prominently displayed behind him. Tobacco companies continued to advertise heavily on TV throughout the 1950s and 60s, sponsoring everything from the nightly news to game shows to sitcoms. Winston Cigarettes, for example, sponsored several family comedies, including the Beverly Hillbillies and even the first animated primetime TV series, The Flintstones. It's strange to think about now, but Winston Cigarettes actually co-sponsored the first two seasons of that landmark cartoon. And while the characters never lit up during the show itself, they did smoke on screen during integrated commercials that ran at the end of each episode. The unlikely partnership ended in 1963 after the showrunners created a child character named Pebbles 
for the show's third season. But because I know you're curious, here's one of those integrated ads featuring family man Fred Flintstone extolling the pleasures of a Winston cigarette. The Flintstones, brought to you by Winston, America's best-selling, best-tasting filter cigarette. Uh, Winston tastes good, like a cigarette should. As you can probably tell, there were very few restrictions on TV advertising in those days, even for a product as dangerous as cigarettes. But off-screen, the public's view of smoking was gradually changing. Cigarette smoking had been linked to higher risks of cancer and heart disease since the late 1930s, and by the early 1960s, all 50 states had outlawed the sale of cigarettes to minors. Health advocates pushed for even tighter restrictions on the sale and advertising of tobacco products, including on television. Progress was slow at first, largely due to the medium's financial reliance on cigarette ad sales, but some concessions were eventually made. Beginning in 1967, the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, required all TV stations to broadcast one anti-smoking public service announcement for every three cigarette ads they aired. Those counterpoint commercials were aired at no cost to the organizations producing them and were intended to warn viewers about the health hazards of smoking. The PSAs proved remarkably effective in that regard, and for the first time in years, the number of American smokers began to decline. Tobacco companies responded by suing the FCC for violating their First Amendment rights, but the courts stood by the commission and the anti-smoking PSAs continued to run. That ruling was a sign of more bad days to come for cigarette companies. Two years later, the Surgeon General released an official report linking cigarette smoking to low birth weight. In response, Congress passed the Cigarette Smoking Act, which required tobacco manufacturers to put warning labels on their products for the first time. It was a major blow to cigarette companies, but public health advocates weren't done yet. They pushed Congress to pass a new bill banning all cigarette advertising on both TV and radio. The legislation stalled for about a year, thanks to intervention from the tobacco lobby and from legislators who represented tobacco-growing regions. In the end, though, the cigarette companies could tell which way the wind was blowing. Public opinion was firmly against them, but maybe an on-air ban wouldn't be so bad after all. For one thing, it would put an end to those government-mandated anti-smoking ads. Plus, if cigarette companies were banned from the airwaves, that would free up a lot of ad money to spend on other mediums, like magazines and billboards. With those silver linings in mind, the tobacco lobby backed down, and the legislation sailed through Congress unopposed. Richard Nixon wasn't too keen to sign the ban. After all, he was an avid pipe smoker himself, reportedly burning through as many as eight bowls of tobacco on some days. The public pressure was too great to ignore, though, so on April 1, 1970, Nixon made the ban official. At the time, tobacco companies were the largest product advertisers on American television, spending more than $150 million on TV commercials each year. That's the equivalent of well over a billion dollars today. Broadcasters were understandably sad to leave all that revenue on the table, so as a parting gift to both them and to the cigarette companies, the ban was allowed to take effect on January 2, 1971, 
instead of on January 1st. That extra day gave cigarette companies one last chance to advertise on TV during the ever-popular College Bowl football games that aired on New Year's Day. The Philip Morris Company went out with a bang that night by buying all the commercial airtime during the first half hour of all network talk shows. The buyout ensured that the last commercial viewers would see before the ban took effect would be for one of its products. The company chose Virginia Slims for that honor, a newly launched brand of cigarettes marketed explicitly to women. For the last three years, Philip Morris had run a successful ad campaign for the brand, capitalizing on the women's liberation movement by connecting Virginia Slims with being a modern, confident, independent woman. The ads insisted that, much like voting, smoking should no longer be seen as strictly for men. One of the campaign's ads became the last cigarette commercial ever broadcast on American television. The one-minute spot for Virginia Slims aired at 11.50 p.m. during The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson. Take a listen. American womanhood is good And we'll never stray away from good American womanhood You've come a long way, baby To get where you got to today Virginia Slims, this is the taste for today's woman With rich Virginia flavor you like Tailored slim for your hands, for your lips Virginia Slims. You got Virginia Slims now, baby. You come a long, long way. The on-air ban on cigarette advertising went into effect just a few minutes later, at midnight on January 2nd, 1971. From that point on, the smoking industry was subject to more and more regulation, and the places it was allowed to advertise were gradually whittled down even further. For instance, after Nixon's ban, smokeless tobacco products such as chewing tobacco were still permitted on TV and radio. However, that ceased to be the case in 1986, and it was a similar story for outdoor forms of advertising, such as on benches, buses, and billboards. Those were all banned in most states in 1997. Some of the strictest limitations were imposed more recently, with the passage of the Family Smoking Prevention and Tobacco Control Act of 2010. That act prohibits tobacco companies from sponsoring sports, music, and other cultural events, and it also bars them from distributing t-shirts, hats, and other clothing items that feature their logos or products. As a result of all those restrictions, not to mention health warnings and high tax rates, the number of smokers in the United States has plummeted over the last half century. According to the CDC, the prevalence of cigarette smoking in the U.S. has decreased from roughly 42% of the population in 1965 to just over 12% in 2022. Before we go, though, I know what you're really wondering. How did the poor old TV networks ever manage to survive without their biggest advertiser? Well, it's sweet of you to worry, because the loss of that revenue really was devastating for the big three networks. NBC, ABC, and CBS. But rest assured, they did find a way forward. Remember how the last cigarette ad ever broadcast was a one-minute commercial? That was actually the standard for the era, with most affiliates offering nothing but 60-second ads. However, once the big tobacco companies could no longer buy airtime, 
there weren't enough businesses out there with deep enough pockets to make up the difference. That forced the networks to begin accepting 30-second ads, which were much less expensive to produce and buy than minute-long commercials. That cheaper option attracted a whole new crop of sponsors to network television, allowing the networks to make up their lost cigarette revenue and then some. In that way, the now ubiquitous 30-second ad was something of a parting gift from Big Tobacco, ensuring that while the television landscape would be a healthier place without it, it would be a much more annoying one, too. I'm Gabe Lussier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, or you can send your feedback straight to me by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. Roller coaster. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.